You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Episode number 49 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Goners UK. Goners UK was founded in 2016 in Bozeman, Montana by five seasoned punks swinging on the line between punk and rock. Quickly becoming a local favorite and sharing the stage with such high caliber acts as The Creep Show, Agent Orange, Get Dead, DOA, and The Casualties, Goners UK are proving that punk never dies, it just passes out. For more information on the band, please check out gonersuk.bandcamp.com, Facebook forward slash gonersuk, and on Instagram at goners underscore UK. Now here it is, a song from their Bridge City Sessions, Dead Chord and Caviar. You know the rhythm, don't lie, don't lie, don't Jake, 
This is Logan, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to that one, one time monster. Woo! <laughs> Hey everybody, what's up? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. Uh, if you guys are just joining us for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to sit down and speak to someone in or around the entertainment industry. Uh, this week, we were going to have somebody different, and I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right here at the top. A lot of you out there were expecting to hear my conversation with Kevin Martin, singer for the amazing band Candlebox. But my hard drive had other ideas. Uh, the file somehow was corrupted, and I lost all the data. So I do apologize if you are looking for Kevin's interview on this week's episode. And I also apologize to Kevin. I feel kind of like I wasted your time, man. And I, I hope that I can get you back in the future and we can have the really cool conversation that we had. And somehow my hard drive decided to eat it. So uh, we're going to move right past that. We're going to go right into my next interview for this episode. I got to sit down with Jacob Knoll and Logan Spellacy from the band Law, uh, L-A-W. They are awesome. They are one of my new favorite bands, like up-and-coming bands. They're fairly young. They're in their early 20s, and uh, I haven't had a lot of young bands on the show, so I was really excited to talk to them. And uh, it, it kind of goes without mentioning, but Jacob Knoll his father was the late Bradley Knoll from the band Sublime, and I have a long love affair with Sublime. I, I even have a very, a very hastily done shitty Sublime tattoo that uh, nobody really gets to see unless I let you into the club. But it was awesome talking to Jake and Logan, and their band is crazy, man. Like the the songs are so good. They just got done recording with Steve Albini, which we talk about in the conversation. They just did a big tour of Florida. And they have so much cool stuff coming up, and the musicianship in this band is just, it's killer. Like, Logan's the bass player, he's a beast, Jake's got a great voice, the guitarist, I mean, it's, the whole thing is just spectacular. So, uh, I'm excited to bring you guys to Law. If you have not heard of them prior, you're going to hear about them in the future. So, before I get to my conversation with Jake and Logan, I do need to tell you guys about a new sponsor that is right permanence tattoo gallery in downtown anderson indiana they focus on quality custom work covering all styles from fine line black and gray to bold american traditional uh, you can check them out on facebook and instagram at permanence tattoo gallery i'm very excited for this my buddy jacob is the owner and kind of like the the head honcho guy over at permanence and we have decided that not only are they sponsoring the podcast, but uh, at the end of the month, I'll be going over to the tattoo shop and I'm going to interview Jacob about his life tattooing and you know what he likes about music and, and basically just his whole story. And I'm going to be interviewing him on the podcast while he tattoos me live on the podcast. Actually, you'll hear it 
not live. It'll be later on, but I've just, I've never heard of anybody getting a tattoo on during a podcast. I thought it was kind of a cool idea. So yeah, I'm going to be going over to permanence, our new sponsor and getting tattooed as I interview Jacob, as he tattoos me for a future episode. I think that's going to be really, really cool. So shout out to Jacob and everybody over at permanence tattoo gallery. Check them out. Like I said, on Facebook and Instagram at permanence tattoo gallery. I also need to tell you guys about artistflags.com. I I told you about them last week. They are awesome. They make scrims and backdrops and anything that you need to help promote your band or, you know, to play a show with your band and have everything cool on stage. They did Under Oaths, big backdrop for their last tour. They've done all kinds of stuff. They sent us some amazing, that one time on tour, logoed flags. They are an awesome company and you guys need to check them out. Go on over to artistflags.com. You know, get a hold of Cody. He's the dude over there and tell them that Chris from that one time on tour sent you and uh, they'll take care of you. So artistflags.com. They're also on all the social medias at artistflags. So let me see what else is going on. Um, I will tell you that uh, my whole life I've been, you know, not one of the skinny guys. <laughs> I've always been a little bit chunky. Um, but, uh, my wife kind of talked me into doing this keto diet and I know it's kind of controversial. There's people out there that don't really think it's healthy for you. It's like a low carb, high fat, blah, 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 no sugar, whatever. But, uh, she got me to try it and, um, I was kind of worried at first. I'm not really a big, you know, diet guy. I kind of like to, I like my, my snacks and everything, but it has been going awesome. I've, I've been doing it now today for over a, about a month today, actually. And I am 18 pounds down, and it's pretty easy to stick to, I've got to say. Uh, it's pretty late right now. Normally, I would have my Red Bull next to me, but I have this. They're not a sponsor. If they want a sponsor, they can. I've got this Rockstar Exdurance energy drink that has zero sugar, zero carbs, and man, it tastes really, really good. I'm I'm enjoying the ripped red, lightly carbonated version. So anybody out there, if you have any pull at Rockstar energy drinks, you know, tell them to hit me up because I would endorse this product because I really like it. And it's, it's helping me finish this intro because I am tired. So, uh, if you guys out there have any cool keto recipes, send them my way. Uh, you can hit me up at TOTOT podcast at gmail.com. If you want to become a sponsor, like the band goners UK at the beginning of the podcast, you can also hit me up at that email address, or you can also hit me up at any of the social media outlets it's at TOTOT podcast. So now we need to move on to some awesome news. We have a brand new patron. That is right. It just keeps growing and growing over at our Patreon. I would like to welcome Mr. Julian Charret or Charette. It, it's French. You know, I took four years of French in high school, but I don't really know a lot of pronunciations in French. But he is from the great city of Montreal, Quebec, up in Canada. And uh, he just signed up a couple days ago. So if you guys want to get more involved and join a really cool community and help the podcast out for less than two cups of coffee, you can do it. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash T-O-T-O-T podcast and sign up just like Julian did. And you can also send me cool stuff like top five lists. Julian sent me a top five list top five punk rock songs that you wish you wrote. So uh, first off, we're going to start with Julian's list. He said this is in no particular order, so mine is going to be the same way. But we're going to start with Julian's. So right here, in no particular order, Julian says, Bad Religion, Generator. 
That is a great song, Julian. I agree with that. That's uh, one of my favorite Bad Religion songs. I love that song. And that record is great as well. Uh, Julian's next pick is Alkaline Trio, Continental. Man, I love Alkaline Trio. Uh, you and I would get along really well if we hung out because they are a great band. I've been trying really hard to get some of those guys on the show. Maybe in the future that will go down. But uh, number three, which actually not number three because it's no particular order. He's got Leatherface with Hoodlum. I'm not super familiar with Leatherface. I, I have heard that song and I mean, I've heard the split that they did with Alkaline Trio back in the day. But uh, I'm sure that's a cool song I'll have to check it out, man. Next, he's got Against Me, Born on the FM. Great song, great band. I love Against Me. I, I had an Against Me shirt that I, I loved dearly that I lost on an Atari's tour, and I have not seen it since then. So uh, yeah, Against Me is a great band, a great song, Born on the FM. And uh, last but not least, he has Taking Back Sunday, You Can't Look Back. And he mentions in his letter to me that, you know, that's just a stunning song, and it really spoke to him. And that is, that's a great song. And, you know, Taking Back Sunday, I've, I've always had much, much love for those guys. And uh, that's an awesome list. So, uh, Julian, I'm just going to do this very spontaneously. I'm going to tell you five songs that I love dearly that have influenced my life in so many ways, my writing, everything. And yes, I wish I would have written these songs, but there are so many, so many more. And these are in no order, but I'm just going to start out. I've talked about it on the show before. One of my favorite bands in the entire world, Hot Water Music. And their song, Trusty Chords, is one of my favorite songs ever. If you're not familiar, you need to check it out. But it just it talks about how I hate this place, but I love these chords. Like music kind of takes over and means everything. Like you could grow up in a little crap town like I did in Indiana, but the music kind of, you know, takes you out of it and makes you makes you feel better. So that's why I love that song so much. The lyrics are great, the music's great, the hook's great. So check out Hot Water Music Trusty Chords. Next, I'm going to go with a Bad Religion song just like you did. I'm going to go a little bit you know, later into their career. I'm going to go with the song Slumber, which is kind of a deep cut off of Stranger Than Fiction. It's just there's these really cool kind of melodic, clean parts, and then it gets into this really cool like multi-harmony like thing on the, on the chorus. So Slumber by Bad Religion, I think that would be a cool one to have written. Uh, next I'm going to say, and this kind of, I might be cheating. I don't know, but literally any no use for a name song. I am the biggest Tony Sly fan. I t- no use for a name is just one of the bands that really did it for me. Once I found out about no use for a name, it just, I was like, wow, these guys are a punk band, but they could have also been the biggest band in the world with the melodies and the way that everything was together in the songwriting. But uh, I will pick a, a Newfin song, though. I will say Dumb Reminders is the song I've been listening to mostly lately. So uh, if you guys are not familiar with No Use for a Name, uh, you need to go check them out. Sadly, a few years ago, we lost Tony. And um, it's uh, it's a sad day that we're not going to have any more No Use for a Name songs because there was never any filler. There was It was just every, it was just hit after hit after hit as far as I was concerned. So... Rest in peace, Tony. And yeah, No Use for a Name, one of my favorite bands of all time. Coming in next, Lagwagon with their song May 16th. It's just such a great song. It's got such a good hook. Oh man, it just it's so awesome. So I mean, literally any Lagwagon song is great. So go check out Lagwagon May 16th, and you'll you'll know what I'm talking about if you are not familiar. And then finally, I'm gonna end this list up with No Effects, the Decline. 
it's a 17 or 18 minute song anyway, but yeah, it's, it's got some of the coolest like transitions and different guitar stuff. And there's so much cool bass stuff and this, the harmonies and man, the decline is just a killer, killer record. And the other day I, I broke it out and checked it out again and it, man, it's so good. So yeah, I'm going to go hot water music, trusty chords, bad religion, slumber, literally any Newfin song, but I'm going to go with dumb reminders. Lagwagon May 16th and no effects the decline Julian. I hope that I, uh, you know, satisfied your, your question there for my top five songs. I wish I had written punk rock songs. I wish I had written, but, uh, if you guys have a top five list, go ahead and send it to me. Like I said, you can hit me up anywhere. You know how to do it by now, but, uh, if you want priority for your top five list, or if you want exclusive content or anything else, like I said, become a patron. You can do all of this over at TOTOTpodcast.com. So I have rambled long enough. I'm going to jump into my conversation with Jacob Knoll and Logan Spellacy from the band Law, a.k.a. Law LBC. And uh, we had a great time talking. We talked about, you know, how it is for Jake growing up when his, you know, kind of living in the shadow of your father who's in this huge, massive band and like trying to carve out your own way. And it's just, you know, it's got to be tough. You know, my dad, my dad worked at a factory, so I didn't have to put up with that in my career. But, but Jake did. And we talk about it here on the conversation as well as everything else that law has going on. So, uh, here it is my conversation with the guys from law. Check it out. And I'm on the line with Jake and Logan from the band law. How are you guys doing today? Very good, sir. Thank you. Superb. Superb. Okay. So uh, I'm really excited to have you guys on. I'm really excited to have you guys on the show. I've not had a lot of young bands, like newer bands on the show. And uh, I want to try to get into that. And and you guys, your music kind of speaks to me. I really, really enjoy it. And I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. We we are very, very proud to... uh, it means a lot that you, to to hear somebody say that. You know, it's it's really cool because we've been doing it for a few years now, and if it uh, if it speaks to anybody, that's a huge deal for us. So we really do appreciate you inviting us uh, on today. Cool. Well, what I wanted to talk about talk about right off the bat, I know you guys are on tour now, or you just got off the road. You were in San Francisco either last night or a couple nights ago. How did that go for you guys? Was that good? Uh, that went great. We uh got our van broken into. Got a window I, I saw the I saw the Facebook post from you, Logan, that said your stuff got ripped <laughs> off. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, man, is I guess just uh bad luck. Um, they Jake went uh Jake went out to the van right before our set. Noticed that the um passenger side uh the panel like the window um was broken into and. Yeah, just my bag and our drummer Nick's uh his little um I guess it was a tote bag. He had like his medicine and stuff in it. I don't know. Um but yeah, just kinda out of everything they could have took, they took those two things. But hey man, uh we kinda lucked out in terms of what they took. I can replace most of it, if not all of it, and um all of our gear was inside, so we kinda avoided a uh, a horror story, I suppose. But yeah, it was a good welcome to the bay. That, that was your first time. That was your first time up. Welcome. Was that your first time up in San Francisco? Uh, no. Yeah, our first time playing there. We're not our Definitely first time our first being time in San Francisco. There. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, you, I know you guys have some dates coming up in April. I saw like a Chicago date and then a lot of Florida dates. Is, are you guys looking forward to that? 
Oh yeah, big time, man. We um we have never been out big in that time. area, the East Coast. We never played in Florida. Uh, never. I've never even been to Chicago. Logan, have you been to Chicago before? Never, man. I'm a uh, yeah. Prior to even joining law, I hadn't even left California. So I'm, wow. <laughs> There you go, man. Like, <laughs> why? Why would, why would you leave California, man? I live in Indiana, yeah, and believe me, if I could good. live in California, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's good it point. Yeah, every time I leave, I want to come back home. Well, that's awesome, man. So, uh, I want to go pretty far back. I mean, I know you guys are a lot younger than I am. I'm I'm 40, and you guys are I think early 20s, correct? Yeah, pretty much. I, I would like to know. I know Logan, you joined kind of after the band got going. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys this separately, so you know you can each like take a break <laughs> while we're doing this because I know we're on Skype video like group here. But uh, sure. I, I want to start with you, Jake. You know, growing up, I mean, you know, we'll just go ahead and say, you know, you know, Brad from Sublime is your dad. I, I'm a I, yeah, I know you look surprised, <laughs> right? I'm a big, no, it's cool. I like no, totally fine, totally fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking to you on the podcast because of that. I really like your band. I think you guys stand on your own. No, it, but it's it's hard to or. not bring that up because I want to know like your upbringing, your childhood, getting into music. What made you? I mean, did that make you want to play music, or was it something that you were kind of against, and then one day something changed? No, yeah, totally. And and all jokes aside, I'm totally fine with any questions about that. I'm sure there's lots of people who are curious about it out there. And um and it's just one of those cool random things, man. And um I appreciate that you you do like our music. And um for anybody else out there who only heard about us because of my dad, I'm I'm cool. I'm down with that too. I hope they they like what they hear and they stick around. Um yeah, man. So basically growing up, um <clears throat> my mom listened to a lot of different music. And I was told by a lot, my mom went out to shows a lot and brought me along with her. And, um, I was just told constantly by people who my father was and all these things. I really didn't like music growing up. I mean, you know, when you're a little kid, if your parents, you know, bring you to the office every day, you're not going <laughs> to like that. You know? Yeah. Right. My, my, my dad worked, where, my dad was a quality manager at a factory and I didn't want to like carry yeah. on the family business, you know? <laughs> yeah. No one, no kid really wants to, cause I don't want to feel I guess stuff that's foisted upon them. And um, that was basically the upbringing for um, a large part of it. Like I knew my dad was in this big band and uh, sometimes kids at school would treat me weird or differently or like I'd have weird fake girlfriends in middle school, yeah. just all sorts of all sorts of stuff that it was just odd um, because when people really, really like something, they treat it very differently. You know, I can really, really like a Subway sandwich. But I'm not going to go find the guy who invented the sandwich and tell him how much he means to me and find his kid and be like, oh, my God, you're so cool. Yeah. I just want to let you know how much your sandwiches changed my life. But music's not sandwiches. Music's different than that. So um, I can understand where a lot of people uh, have acted a lot differently toward me. And um, so it always kind of turned me off for music. That was until I was 12 years old and I saw Tenacious D in the pick of destiny. Hell yeah. And that's when I knew that I had to do rock and roll. It was. um. Yeah, of course, there was a part of me curious about the family business and why my dad did this and that. That was always a factor in there. Like, could I be better? Could I be as good? Could I uh, carry on this and that? But then that was never so big as it was this own personal quest where I really fell in love with music for my own reasons. After Tenacious D, I had friends who showed me bands like Tool and Mastodon and um, um, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. And I think those three bands really, and Tenacious D, of course, uh, really shaped my growth uh, as a music consumer and as a musician yeah. uh, for middle school and high school onwards. And that's when I knew 
uh, with me and my friends, like I had to continue on this ancient tradition of playing <laughs> songs for other people. <laughs> that's awesome. But, so, so that's kind of yeah. finding those so the yes and no answer. <laughs> those, those bands got you going, but music was always kind of around your, your childhood because of, you know, because of your father, because of your mother taking you to shows and stuff like that. Totally. So Logan, what got you into playing the bass? Cause I got to say, man, you're a monster on the bass, dude. Thank you. The real deal. <laughs> Thank you. That means the world. Um, uh, music for me is, uh, I, it's, um, I just kind of was born into a household that, uh, big music fans, big music lovers, nobody in my family plays music. Um, like my parents, they didn't play music. Uh, so that's something I kind of picked up on my own, but, um, yeah, I mean, I always say I was kind of, I was born into a household where my dad was playing, you know, the Beastie Boys one day and then the next day it was Slayer. And then the day after that it was the Dead Kennedys. So it's like, I, I come from a, a varied musical background and I have a, a big appreciation for all genres. So um, as I grew up, I, I just, you know, I kind of fell in love with it. And I knew from, I think third grade, that's fourth grade. That's what I wanted to do is play music. And the first thing I learned was bass. Um, don't know. Can you guys hear that? Sorry if it's too loud. Somebody's no, I can hear you fine. <laughs> you you, you, you sound good. I can hear somebody mowing the grass or something. Yeah, here, let me, uh, I'll shut the door real quick, but, um, yeah, man, the, uh, the, uh, music was, music was just something I fell in love with. I knew I wanted to do it from day one, and I took a bass lesson in, um, fourth grade at school. They had a music program. I don't know if they still do that, but I, I guess, I guess I come from that. I'm a music program kid at uh, elementary school, dude. I took a free class, and here I am. That's so. awesome, man. Did did you learn a lot of theory? But the stuff that you play on the bass, it seems like you might have some like you know scale knowledge and stuff like that. I uh, I, I hate to be another one of, of those guys, but I don't know theory. I don't know <laughs> anything. Um, you could have fooled me, man. I, I mean, I teach guitar. I teach guitar and bass full time for a living now that I'm not touring anymore. And sure. some of the stuff I've seen you play, like I've watched some live videos and just listening to the bass runs on on the on the ep or the, the new album you guys have out and yeah. I, I can't believe that you don't at least know a little bit of theory man that's insane i took well i mean in all fairness i took one uh it was a music theory 101 course at a community college and i didn't retain a single thing man um <laughs> that's sad to say wait waste wasted my money there but but yeah i uh i'm self-taught I, I took I took middle school band, but I played drums, so I didn't learn like, yeah, anything to apply towards the bass guitar. Yeah, I wish I wish I knew theory. I really do. I mean, there's a lot of a valuable language and resource there that I, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. But I mean, yeah, when we're in the practice room, it's funny. None of us are super big into theory. You know, our guitarist knows a little bit, but not an extensive amount. So whenever you know, we'll have these cool ideas, and we'll be like, just do the thing where it's like. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do the thing we can kind of like well you know the time signatures we know all the notes and stuff but we can't like we don't know all the technical terms and how to do it we know that if we knew all that shit we'd probably be writing songs like 18 times faster <laughs> yeah. yeah jake jake you, uh i think it'd be properly described we're like cavemen discovering fire every practice we, we really uh, are oh man that's awesome i love a lot that. of oohs and ahs a lot of oohs and ahs in the practice room we don't know how to oh, describe it though but i will i will, <laughs> I, will <laughs> time signature. Oh. I will tell you i will tell you guys that being someone that is you know my job is music theory pretty much it hinders you a lot so I wouldn't lose that at all. And I mean, not to keep bringing up your father, but I'm pretty sure that your dad didn't know any theory and he wrote some pretty badass songs. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true. true. It's very true, man. Um, it's sometimes it's uh, something innate and other times, you know, you, you can utilize it to help you. And I think over our, our paths, we just keep on learning. So hopefully we'll pick, pick up what we need as, as, as we go on in time for sure. So Jake, you said, uh, tool and Mastodon and Queens of the stone age, Jake, yeah, not Jake. I'm I'm looking at him, and I said your name. <laughs> so, so Logan, what were some of the bands? I know you mentioned bands your dad would play, but what were some of the bands that really spoke to you when you started playing music? The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah, right? yeah, the wrath of the buzzer. WMM. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, PROH Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, uh, so I mean, if you go back to when I was a kid and I just picked up the bass guitar, um, Jimi Hendrix uh, was an artist. I know he he didn't play bass, but... uh, um, Jimmy, I did it. It was like a Black History Month at school, and I got Jimi Hendrix, and that kind of opened the whole door for me. Um, and then I quickly segued into what was more uh, relatable at that time, which was like 2003. So Blink 182 became my favorite band. Um, and uh, as I got older, I kind of bounced around. But um, right now, where I'm at, I can safely say my favorite bands. I know Jake rattled off three or four. Probably my favorite band of all time is Soundgarden. Oh great, yeah. Um, I, I love Soundgarden. I, th- I I I don't know if underrated is the word, but they're uh musically they're so left field and quirky, yet they're so uh they're so catchy at the same time. That's something I think I I, tr- I kind of subconsciously try to chase. Um I think Soundgarden they, I think they get kind of lost in the shuffle and I'll say I'm a big fan as well. I mean, people never Chris Cornell's vocals don't get lost in the shuffle, but as far as the band itself, there's a lot more people talking about Nirvana and Alice in Chains. They don't talk as much about Soundgarden, so I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um Soundgarden uh in, in terms of my bass playing, though, I'd say biggest in, uh, inspirations for sure. And I know these are probably the easiest answers, but Getty Lee, yeah. uh, Jocko Pistorius, and um, probably uh, probably Flea, to be honest. I mean, when I joined Law, I was coming off of doing... Um, I had been doing rap music and producing beats for my friends for like two, three years. So that's where my head was at. I was listening to a lot more mainstream things. And um, when I joined Law, I hadn't touched bass for roughly eight years, Um, like actually played the bass daily for eight to ten years. Um, So when I joined Law, I got back into the Red Hot Chili Peppers because that was another childhood band that I loved. And Flea, I mean, I know Flea is a a popular name to say, but I mean, Flea is an amazing bassist. And and the Red Hot Chili Peppers song structure is so great. So they really helped me get back into the flow of of, um, constructing things. That's awesome. So you just talked about stuff you did before you joined Law. Now, Jake, why don't you run me through like how the band started and kind of take me to where Logan kind of comes into the picture? Yeah, man, absolutely. So um, when I was about 14, uh, 15, maybe, uh, me and my brother Dakota um, had this running joke. Uh, He's not my blood-related brother, for those curious out there, but we grew up together, um, spent a lot of time as kids. And um, he had this on – we didn't go to the same school. We were just best friends. But he had this ongoing joke with his friends, and he was like – and he wanted me to be in on the joke. And the joke was that they, um, 
said that they were part of a fake gang called Law because Law sounded kind of cool. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, you know about Law? Yeah, I'm part <laughs> of Law, bro. Yes, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because they would always get asked, like, hey, you bang for? And they'd be like, yeah, I'm Law, bro. But it was just like a silly joke. It was just stupid. And, um, but uh, the joke was that Law stood for long ass wangs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, it wasn't really cool at all. Um, but uh, so that became a running joke for uh, that was just in our heads for a while. Then, then a little while later, while we're still in high school, we wanted to, you know, start a band and do the music thing and escape our family lives and be able to smoke weed and drink, have sex with girls forever. And so we wanted to start a band because that, that's what you do when you want to do that. Yeah, I guess definitely, is what we thought. Definitely, yeah. And, and so uh, the name Law kind of stuck around. He he thought it'd be lame because it was just a funny joke. But I I really advocated because. Uh, law is there's a lot of weird synchronicities like law is the maiden name of my grandmother on my mother's side and uh, that was her her maiden name and um law was also the name of the street that was in between our two streets in pacific beach in san diego where we grew up well, he grew up in poway but he is dad at a place in in pacific beach and um our law was the street in between our streets so there was all there was all sorts of these cool little connections and over time law came kind of came to represent this idea that we had to um uh, escape all responsibility. <laughs> and, uh, so we moved up to Long Beach. Uh, we started playing shows. Uh, we we met up with uh, my my uncle Miguel, who um, was a fourth member of Sublime. Um, good friend to all of them, and uh, you know did forty ounces and was there in the air band agreement and all that stuff. Uh, he um, he ended up helping us out a lot. We explained what we wanted to do because he's kind of like an uncle to me, and um, he knew of a drummer who was playing with Mike Watt uh, at the time. And that little, a little drummer boy who is still in our <laughs> hearts and minds today, the elusive sound who is so elusive that it just leaves sometimes. Um, he, uh, his name is Nick Aguilar and he, we met him when he was 15 and I was 17 and Dakota was 18. And we, uh, the band was formerly formed in signal Hill in long beach at the compound. That was our first, I, I consider that the forming cause uh, me and Dakota never even really, we didn't know how to play music very well. Uh, Nick did. Nick was really good already. And uh, Miguel set up this meeting where we all got together at this practice, or not, not practice studio, a recording studio, the compound at Signal Hill. And uh, we just played like really, really bad music. <laughs> and it was great. We had an awesome time. And, um, and then Miguel was like, sweet, now play the House of Blues. It was really weird. And we didn't know what we were doing. And I thought we had to play sublime sounding music because that's just what I thought we had to do. Like, yeah. here we are in Long Beach and that's what people are going to expect. So we ought to do that. And we kind of ran with that for a while. Um, we played some shows. We never really toured. We just sort of played one-off shows here and there, um, developing a sound. Uh, we ended up recording an EP. And uh, during the process of recording this EP, Mild Autism, our first EP, uh, we, uh, Nick brought in his friend from other projects, uh, named Aiden, Aiden Palacios. He's our guitarist today. Um, very mysterious guy. <laughs> and he came in and, uh, he had this sort of element of mystery that he added to that, that EP. And then after that, uh, Dakota wanted to pursue more, uh, hip hop and he still does today. Um, you can find him online, Dakota Wolf, real bad wolf. And, um, and when he left, we needed a bassist. And um, for the longest time, I had been playing Heroes of the Storm with my good friend here, Aiden, uh, Logan, Aiden's cousin. 
Uh, Aiden introduced me to Logan. We played a lot of video games together. We still do that. Uh, shout out yeah, Bloodborne, Old Hunters. We're about to go co-op that. We're about to do that. <laughs> and uh, and that's how our relationship started. And uh, we we were like, man, you play bass, don't you? And he'd come to a couple of our a couple of our practices, and it kind of just happened really naturally. He joined the band. Um, he was like, you know, I like all these influences. The ones he just told you, I was like, I like all these influences. And so did, uh, Aiden. So we started writing music that sounded like the music we liked that happened really organically. And then Nick was like, dude, what? We're not going to play Wagga anymore, dude. <laughs> but we were like, Nick, you're going to have to accept it. And, um, and he did. Um, and now we love what we play and <laughs> it's crazy, man. Now we're at where we are right now. And Logan writes a lot of the music. And I put down the lyrics, and Aiden helps, and uh, and so does Nick. <laughs> I, I think it's really cool that you know you thought that maybe people just wanted to hear Sublime's type type stuff, so that's what you guys did at it first. Was, and you guys wrote totally some subconscious. Yeah, like, well, you guys wrote amazing stuff. I mean, there's uh, a yeah. that that know you. I think is the name of the song that's at the backyard barbecue. The video. I know you better. That's a really good song. <laughs> that's yeah, a I great like that song. One. But like the, the thing that's great about that, when I found out about the band, I mean, I, I think I saw that first maybe. So I was thinking, yep. oh, it's, you know, his dad was in Sublime. So they're doing this California reggae ska type thing. But then when I heard yeah. Cold, the new single or the newer single, I'm like, whoa, this is a completely different thing. But it it works and it's it's so good. I just want to tell you guys, I mean, I know that, when you're young, Thank you. well, when you're young and you start a band, you don't really know what you want to do. Like I've been in ska bands and metal bands and reggae bands. And when you exactly. finally, you finally figure out what you really want it to be. And it's just kind of sad that there's so many people that want you to do one thing. And that's gotta be kind of a, kind of a mind fuck, right? It totally is man. Cause I really like how you put it out there. Like all anybody who's in, to doing music professionally, oftentimes they're in a lot of different projects. You rarely talk to one guy who's like, oh, I've only been in hardcore grindcore screamo bands, specifically yeah. one type, or I've only ever been in 80 synthwave bands, nothing else. Usually it's pretty varied. Like I've been in this band and this band, this, but they all have different sounds. Only in my case would it be odd to not play uh, music that sounds like my father, to which I say to those people, I think it's a recipe for disappointment. I'm not, I'm never going to be as good as my dad in that field. He did his own music in an amazing way. And I could never top that. I could only be really good at my own music. Yeah. So uh, I, I think they set themselves up for disappointment. You know, I've had people ranging from weird random fans to longtime family members who wanted me to be in Sublime, which I find really weird um, because yeah. it's on my band. And, and, it, and it, it's just a recipe for disappointment, man. Um, I, I think that I, I really love a lot of Sublime music and I love what they did, like separating myself from my father. And Logan can attest for this too. Like we, we love what they did as how, how we like what Nirvana did or how we like what tool did or any bands did, you know, they have their place in music history and I respect that, but it's just not the type of music that I find myself wanting to play when I get into the room with these boys. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know, man, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because, you know, I am a sublime fan. I grew up in the nineties. So, you know, that's, they were a big deal for me. So talking to you, I wanted to kind of, yeah. I wanted to get your, your, what you thought about all this, because there's so many people out there. I was watching videos that you guys have on YouTube and all the comments are from these people that just want you to be in sublime. And I, I kind of <laughs> think, I kind of think that's bullshit, but I will say that <laughs> when you sing, 
you have your own thing going on, but man, there's some genetics or something. There's a little bit in there and it, it's kind of creepy to be, to be honest. It is dude. It's eerie. It really is. And I hear that a lot from people. They, they mention that. And then I go in and listen to it. And I see those little elements. It, I think it's totally just those genetic vocal cords. I've never tried to sound like my dad. You know, I actually wasn't like a, an innately good singer. Like I, I, you know, you know, you hear about some kids growing up when they're four years old. When you're four years old, each kid has a thing, and your parents like really suggest you to do that thing. Like certain little kids are really good at singing or or drawing or or playing violin or some weird stuff. I was not the little singer kid, you know. I never sang as a little kid. I was just um, I, I wrote a lot. That's what my teachers told me I was good at. That's what everyone encouraged me. That's what I I still I'm a creative writing major at Long Beach State, um, Go Beach, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So what was interesting is that when I decided I want to do music, I was like, okay, I want to be the singer songwriter guy. I tried it and I sucked, man. I was like, ah! like I would just scream and stuff. Like I didn't have any style. I didn't gravitate towards my dad's style. Everything happened organically. Now I, I can sing and it's my own thing. And for some weird eerie reason, there's that genetic vocal thing where you can hear it sometimes in the raspiness or in the, in the low notes or something where, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's like when you look like your dad or or yeah. talk like him, you know, it's interesting. Well, I'll, I'll say that like what you said is correct, that rasp or whatever there. I think from a music theory standpoint, from someone that kind of dissects songs, what I hear that is similar when I hear your voice and his voice is kind of how you phrase things and also no, note selection on your melodies, which I think is really kind of cool because if that is a genetic thing that means that note selection is a genetic thing that's really strange you know that is huge that has really cool implications that's yeah that's kind of mind-blowing actually I w i've always been interested about hearing a take from someone who does know theory like that i would have never guessed but yeah I, I totally see what you mean man well i was i was sitting in my my living room last night at about three in the morning and i was listening to stuff because I, I always prepare for these interviews whether i know people or not you know we've never met logan and i have talked a couple times on facebook but I'm, I'm becoming a big fan of the band. So I was like, I'm going to listen to all their videos. I'm going to write down all these questions. I'm going to make sure that this is not like a bunk interview. I want to make it good. And I listened to so many of the old songs, the new songs. And then I started listening to a couple sublime songs and I was like, it's definitely similar, but it is note for me in any way that someone that dissects stuff like theory, the note mm -hmm. selections in the melodies, very similar note selections. And the phrasing is a big deal as well. The way that you, you know, I mean, you're a singer, you know what phrasing is. If, if people in the totally. listening don't know what phrasing totally. is, they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so right, man. And you know, when I really dig deep, tell you the truth, you know, um, my mom played a lot of sublime for me as a kid, you know, uh, not having her husband around me, not having a father. I think it's one of those cool things where I could still listen to that. And when I hear that, I mean, that is some of the best pop music of all time to yeah. my ears. And I think that influenced me a lot. Um, when I hear catchy, there's so many catchy melodies in that band without sacrificing what makes rock and roll really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something I try to get to a lot when I try to come up with something I find catchy. It's that sort of mixed with what I find really appealing about Queens of the Stone Age. Like for me, uh, songs for the deaf is like my number one rock record for me. And I, I, I aspire for every song to, to be like that and be applicable and catchy and cool. But at the same time, um, you know, tough. <laughs> so, uh, this is questions kind of for both of you guys, you know, we're talking about note selection, phrasing, whatnot. 
what is the writing process like? Do you guys just get together and jam? Do one of you bring a song in completed and then you learn it? Like, how does that go down? Uh, a bit of both, actually. I think um, one thing that I like about me and Jake's creative process is that uh, together collectively is there are really no rules. I mean, we do, we do try to, I don't want to say there's like a standard or anything, but we do try to make sure that the things we're doing are, are worthy to bring to the table. But aside from that, I mean, you know, sometimes on a whim, me and Jake will meet up and we'll jam out on something brand new, fresh, and we'll kind of go from there. And sometimes Jake will have a melody and he'll bring it to the table and and I'll write a piece to it or vice versa. So it's kind of really up in the air. Um, And I know that's kind of a, kind of a roundabout answer, but that's truly how it's done. We don't really have a formula per se. Well, that's, that's really cool. I think a lot of bands, if there is, if there is a formula, it's, it's kind of, I don't really believe bands when they say that because art just kind of happens some, you know, just instantaneously it just happens. So I think it's great that you guys don't put like parameters on what you're trying to do. Yeah. I, we learned, I mean, I learned that lesson pretty early on and I'm sure Jake can agree. I, I remember when we were, it was like summer of 2016 and we were hitting our stride as a unit and really figuring each other out (laughs) unit. Yeah. As as a unit. And, um, There was, uh, awesome. I think, one one time in the history of Law with me and the band where I tried to go for a specific vibe, like, okay, I'm going to write... Uh, Jake, I don't know if you remember this, um, for people listening, or for you, Chris, this won't make sense because it's out of context, but <laughs> there's there's a song called uh, Abandoned Hope, and I had a... Yeah. The way it is now is the way I originally wrote it, and um, at the time, we had probably written three or four other similar tempo songs, and jake jake was dying for some energy and i don't blame him you know it was kind of moody and depressing music at the time and so uh (laughs) i took that riff home and i just i was like okay i'm gonna make this i'm gonna give it energy i'm gonna i'm gonna just change it i'm gonna give give it what it needs and i sat there for like four (laughs) hours and i nothing hit me and i took it to practice the next day and uh aiden was like i showed them what i had done and aiden was like he basically just called me out on my shit and it's just like dude this sucks i'm like i know so, so, so yeah, uh, to, to answer your question, I think, um, for better or worse, Jake and I, and the rest of the guys, when we're songwriting, I, this is the hippie answer, but you, we just kind of go off feel and what feels and sounds the best. And, um, we kind of work from there. Well, that's awesome. Any, anything to add, Jake? Yeah. Only that the element of like, sometimes it's just like this seething blast furnace of emotions too it is not and it is not a logical process in any way shape or form it's more like i have this idea and they're like no that fucks up my idea (laughs) Ah!" we shout and and then then, like all the shots are fired and when the explosions are done and the dust is settling and we're sitting there pointing and one guy inevitably is like okay okay you're fucking right my idea sucked. yours was better let's go with that all right and I will. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. It's my favorite part about it, even though it's so much of a struggle. Like then, once once you get the best thing and you accept it a month later, and you're like, "Man, this is fucking awesome!" And we all just have something that we toiled over, except for um, well, it's mainly me, Logan, and Aiden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say. I mean, to add on to that, uh, the it is. I I don't think it is overdoing it by referring it to a struggle. I mean, it can be difficult at times. I, I you're a musician yourself. You understand. It's it's very personal the things you write, and um, when people when you're so stoked on an idea and you bring it to the table, and there's three to potentially four of you 
who have a say on it and you bring it and even if one of them's just like okay that's cool but it would be better this way you're like okay cool um but but to be fair i mean that's what makes law music law i mean you you noted the the different the difference in our sound and what uh what yeah, i can attribute that to is is um is, is really a, a an understanding and a trust from one another because i could write songs without jake but they wouldn't be anywhere near as good um it wouldn't be law songs and they wouldn't be law songs and so you know yeah. jake and aiden and nick they add that 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 quarter slice of whatever magic is law and that's what makes the song unique so we're genre fluid. <laughs> yeah. Genre, genre non fluid. genre non-binary, right? Yes. <laughs> so uh okay, I'm very interested. I was doing my research last night. The new record, There and Back Again. You guys recorded it at Rancho de la Luna, which I think that's awesome, man. Can you guys take me down how how that came about and what your experience oh, so was like fun. there? That's gotta be big for you because it's Queens of the Stone Age record out there. Dude, oh yeah, it was like a dream come true, man. Uh, I, it, it was an awesome process. They kind of led into the naming of the record. The guys came up with the name of the record there and back again, uh, for a lot of reasons, but also because like we kind of had to keep on going up there and back again in this journey to uh, finish the songs. Um, there were snafus like with any recording, but ultimately it was a really fun experience. Dave and um, his engineer, uh, his tech. Um, 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 John Russo. <laughs> They're just really cool guys. It was like going to a relative's house and recording. I mean, uh, his guitar room was like in the room where he sleeps in. Like, <laughs> and uh, it was just really comfortable, man. And we had a great time and it had awesome input for the songs. And um, it was just so cool being there where a lot of my favorite shit has come from. Anything to add, Logan? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Jake kind of kind of hit the nail on the head there. It was very, um, you felt like you were at home because, I mean, quite literally, it's Dave's home. And uh, I think uh, the coolest part or my biggest takeaway from there was there was no pressure to sort of make these sterile songs by adding layers and layers. I mean, it was very much a live record. Uh, Jake, um, Jake did some vocals there, but primarily... What it was, was it was me, Aiden, and Nick in the same room with isolated amp rooms, but um, we were jamming in the same room, and it was all one track, no click, just just live. Um, what we what you heard is kind of what you got, and yeah. it was um, it felt like we were, it felt like we were kind of at a practice, you know. And if it, it was it was very organic, so the process was was really cool. There was. I, I don't want to say low stakes because I mean you're obviously you're nervous. You're going into recording your album. You put a lot of pressure on yourself, but something about it felt a little less. Um, it didn't feel like you were going into a doctor's office, you know. Yeah, you felt yeah. like you. Yeah, we it felt really record. comfortable. And we're gonna record with Albini now. Are you really gonna yeah. with Steve? That's great, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I should have made a more dramatic open. Yeah, that's the next guy. We're gonna do that at the end of the month, man. We're going to Chicago. And we're going to meet Steve and we're going to record another album. And we're so excited. I, I wondered why you guys had one show in the Midwest and then a bunch of Florida yeah. dates. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Steve, yeah. Steve's great, man. I, I can't wait to hear that. He's got a quite a different production style, I think, than the guys out there in the desert. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what it sounds like. Oh, me too, man. I think it's uh, this next batch of, batch of songs is really going to shine, I think, with uh, his his style. So. You guys don't mind if I hop in the car, do you? Um, 
Sorry, I'm still here for as long as you need me, but uh, this place where I want to get food is going to close. Whatever, whatever you need to do. I wanted uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you guys about was the uh, video for Cold. <laughs> I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, and there's even a Jon Snow the new reference coming out. I know, I can't <laughs> wait. My wife and I are like so excited for it, man. So take it's me so through awesome. like who came up with the treatment, and you know, I, I kind of see a little bit of that tenacious D influence in the video. Yeah, <laughs> we we really all kind of came up with it, man. I'm like, I think Logan might have shot the first idea of doing that because I say the John the John Snow line, and then I kind of ramped it and put some ideas, and he shot some back, and um. It kind of just became this super organic process and it got progressively sillier and sillier until we had Logan as the, the dragon queen Daenerys. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really fun time, man. We just kind of busted it out in a day because we were playing up in Big Bear. We wanted there to be more snow on the ground, but I think we got, I think we got enough of that sort of rustic look <laughs> from the mountainside. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty much to the end. I've got a couple more questions though. So, uh, Jake, for you, um, I know there's that documentary. I, I haven't seen the full documentary yet. The long way back. Uh, you, you yes, talk, you, the long way, the long way there and back again. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if you, if you don't mind telling my listeners, I know that, uh, you know, your sobriety is a big thing for you and mm-hmm. you know, how are you doing with that? And, and <laughs> So this is the first time no one's going to get food on the show. This is great. I like it. It's cool. Yeah, man. Um, I let me put that right there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, for, yeah, my sobriety is the most important thing in my life right now, man. Uh, I have two years and a month, I think, or maybe a couple months, and um, it's just a better life, man. Um, there's lots of ways to get sober out there, which is the good news for people. And lots of ways that I've seen work and I found my way that worked for me and it's still something's working in my life today still. And that is so cool because I get to, uh, I get to enjoy life with my, my best friend here, Logan and my best friend, Aiden and my, my other friend, Nick. (laughs) And, uh, we have the the time of our lives, man. What's funny is, uh, the, the long way there and back again was this like Z man project about his life or whatever. And it was cool to be a, a little, have a little part in that. He had a little part in my life. And, um, and then also now we are, my family is doing something called the Knoll Family Foundation, where we're trying to uh, help out um, uh, opioid addicted musicians in need uh, who don't have the necessary means to find uh, treatment. And uh, so it's kind of like a scholarship program for musicians who qualify, who, who really don't have any other you know, source of, uh, help. And did it, did it go down on me? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it went down on you. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, this, I hate this, when that this is a fun episode, man. I got Logan just chilling in his room. Jake's in his car going to get some kind of food. I'm going to yeah. get eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict. <laughs> this is, how, this yeah. is how law operates, man. We're, we're, uh, low stakes, you know? We operate at the speed of inspiration. The speed of inspiration, man. I, dude, if I was in your shoes, I don't know if you're a fan, but I haven't had it now for a few years. In and out, man. We don't have it in the in the Midwest. Oh, it's so good. In and out is I so might good. Just go get that. 
<laughs> it's funny. I had this. I had this, I had this conversation with my wife the other night because I always talk about In and Out, and she's like, "Why is it so good?" Because she's never had it. She's never been out west. And I'm like, you just, you know, it's one of those things where it's a really, really good fast food place. And when you don't have it yeah. for three or four years, it's you just think about it all the time. Oh yeah, it's one of those things where when you when you haven't had it in a while, it's just some somehow so good. <laughs> so can you guys, uh, you know, this is for Logan or Jake. You know, this show is called That One Time on Tour. I know you guys haven't been touring extensively, but I know you're getting ready to do some touring. You've done a lot of stuff on the West Coast. Do you have any, you know, little nuggets or stories that are funny or, or exciting that you could share with my listeners? We we could tell him what happened. We were just on tour. We could just, we could tell him what happened with uh, the, the corned beef boys. <laughs> oh, man. They're probably well, going to that- see this. We can give a shout out to our boys. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a reasonable one. Um, it's a rather strange story, but I mean, it was cool. I like strange. You, you want... my, my listeners like strange. So, I mean, I mean, Jake, you, you feel free to add, but from what I can gather, there's uh, we were playing at the Ritz in San Jose. Um, it's like a kind of like a club slash theater, and uh, these two fans. I mean, they were lovely. They were lovely people. Um, I think the the kid's name was Joey. He was around my age, twenty four. And uh, his father, who I forget the name I of. I think it's know, his birthday today. It's Sunday, right? Yes. So yeah, so he just turned 24 today. <laughs> okay, so. Happy birthday, so, Joey. Happy birthday, <laughs> happy birthday Joey. Joey. So these two guys, um, they came out to see a law show. And they were very, 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 um, very happy to see us. And <clears throat> they were more than happy to see us. And uh, they just kind of um, inserted themselves into our pocket. And they just yeah, we're, we're standing out on the side of the Ritz <laughs> and these two guys come and, then, and again, big love to you guys. Thank you for the corned beef. But, uh, so they came on a little strong. Uh, they, these two dudes come up is this little, this little old fella and his son. And they're just so hyped. They're just like, Oh my God, how are you doing? Oh my God. It's so good to see you guys. You guys see that and this and that. And they're quoting all these old things from th- stuff we've done. And they know all of our inside outs and all these things. And they're just so happy to see us. And, you know, so my radar goes off because, you know, I, I can tell you a million weird sublime stories. You know, I've had people come up behind me and cover my eyes and be like, guess who? And I don't know who it is. And I turn around and they're just crying. And I, and I have people declare to me that my dad's their spiritual advisor. And most of those conversations started like these guys. And these guys are just going, they're, they're so hyped up. Like they're on acid or Molly or something. And so, um, I'm just like, okay, guys, well, we got to get ready for our show. Well, we'll talk to you later. Anyways, we go get sushi down the street. Oh, at the Sushi Confidential. If you're in San Jose, go to the Sushi Confidential. Ask for Sushi, sushi Mike. Mike. Get the no roll. That place is the bomb. Anyways, um, we, we, we post on our Instagram that we're eating there because Sushi Mike's our friend and we're giving him shout outs. And as we're, we finish our sushi, we're walking back to the venue. It's like a 15-minute walk. And um, we run into the guys, the, the corned beef boys. and and they, 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 they had seen our post and they were going to come surprise us at Sushi Confidential. They let us know. We were like, oh, okay. That's, that's a little odd. They're like, oh, but, but now, now we'll just walk back with you guys. And we're like, no, that's okay. Go get your sushi. We're like, no, 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 no. We'll walk back with you guys. In fact, come this way to the left. It's much faster. He says, and he like <laughs> lowers his brow. And now my heart's racing. I'm like, they're going to kill us and eat us. They are not going to eat sushi. They're going to eat us. We're going to die tonight, <laughs> is what I was thinking. Um, but it turned out that the way was a lot faster. And after some uh, 
awkward conversation. We made it back into the um back into the, the venue. Now, here's the thing. Logan likes to play grab ass a lot, you know? So sometimes Logan will just give me a friendly slap on the ass. Whatever. He's my brother. He's allowed to do that. And so that's what I thought he was doing on this walk home until we get back to the green room. And Logan lets me know. He's like, no, dude, that wasn't me. I never slapped your ass, man. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? I was mortified. Freaking Joey getting fresh with me. It's okay. We still love yeah. you. We still yeah. love you, Joey. Anyways, I, I can um, I can say as a visual game. witness that, I, that it's true, Jake. I, I I watched him do it to you. Um, Mega uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not cool, man. It's a, it's a strange. <laughs> it's not cool at all. It was very uncomfortable. Anyway, by the end of the night, I'm done with them. I they are touching my ass and my drummer's ass. It's, <laughs> it is fucking weird. I I don't know I don't know what to do because like we don't want to be mean to them. And so I'm just being very brief with them for the rest of the night. And then by the end of the night, they're going crazy. Uh, they're following us to our van, singing our song lyrics at the top of their lungs. And they go, guys, we want to show you our appreciation. We're going to, every year on my birthday, says Joey, he says, we're going, we cook corned beef. Because we're Irish and my birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to cook you guys corned beef and bring it to your show tomorrow at the Milk Bar in San Francisco. And we're like, no. No, I don't know what corned beef is code word for, but we don't want, that's okay. No, no, Jacob, we insist. You need some of our corned beef. It's going to be a very special blend. And now we're did, freaking did he, out. Did he say it all creepy? Wait, wait, did he say it all creepy like that? Yes, very creepy. He's like, oh, trust me, Jake. We have a family recipe. And he lowered his brow. <laughs> and I was like, what do you want me? No, don't cook people and feed me them as corned beef. Like Soylent, Soylent Green is people. You ever seen that? Yeah, I thought it was literally Soylent Green situation, man. Soylent corned beef is people. That's awesome. So anyway, how was the, the corned beef? The funny end then? of the story is that and they come to our show the next day in the milk bar. They, they made it. We we're trying to avoid them all day because we don't want to touch their corned beef or have their beef and corn holes or whatever they want to do, and and we just try to avoid them. But um, by the end of a very long show, I think Logan told you our van was broken into. Yeah. All this crazy stuff happened. There were snafus with the load in. It was a very stressful show day. It was a long, grueling, arduous process. But by the end of it, at about 1 a.m. when all the bands were done and we're out there on the street of uh, the hate in San Francisco, there was the corned beef boys. They pulled up their car like a fucking mobile taco stand and they pulled out it the is. corned beef. And everyone in that bar had a corned beef sandwich, and it was delicious. It was amazing. It was not weird. There was no roofies in it, and it was. I hope it wasn't made with people. And uh, at one point, you'd poke your head into the bar, and all of their normal bar flies had a corned beef sandwich in their hand. <laughs> everyone was eating them, and they were great. And I guess the, the moral of the story is that no matter how weird or overbearing a fan is, um, sometimes it's all just love, and sometimes they don't want to cook you and eat you. And uh, it was a really special moment. I think sometimes, like, I've, I've in the past, you know, fans that have come up on tour and whatnot, they do act kind of creepy and kind of weird, but it's the same way I acted when I met the guys in Metallica, so I understand. Like, I see, did it. That's exactly what I was going on about. About uh, It kind of tie it back full circle to the beginning of the interview. Like, I'm about to go get this Eggs Benedict. I'm not going to go in there and be creepy to the chef, being like, oh my god, your Eggs Benedict changed my life. 
music is not eggs benedict music uh really helps people it affects people and it changes lives and those two guys um as funny as it was and as exaggerated as the story is they were just genuinely nice two people who really loved our music and um and you know what the really interesting thing is they never mentioned sublime really that's one thing i just realized logan they never they never mentioned sublime to me they never talked about my dad they just talked about how much they loved law and that is really special to me um it's a good like, point, like you man. said yeah shout out to joey man shout out shout guy. out to joey and the corned beef boys show up pop a corned beef hey. and joey corned beef Hey, and let's not let's not forget to point out that uh, um, for all the listeners and for those who don't know, on our latest record, there's a song called Kaizuku, and uh, <laughs> these guys they had a uh, they had bought they had bought uh, I guess they were Kaiser rolls. <laughs> they were Kaiser for, rolls for uh, so they for, didn't they didn't know uh, that it was like Japanese anime. Sandwich. They did not. No, they, they they did not know that. But what they did do is they got a blue uh, masking tape and they put it over the bag of rolls where it said Kaiser and then they wrote Kaizoku. So they, they, they've served us corned beef sandwiches on Kaizoku rolls, man. So we shout out Joey. Rolls. Shout out Monkey D. Luffy and the King of the Pirates, the Kaizoku rolls. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's one other thing. I mean, we're getting close to the end. I'll let you go get your food and everything. Um, I would like you to uh, let your grandfather know that I think he's a great man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Absolutely. He, he is a great man. He's the best one I know. I just, I see him in interviews and stuff all the time and he just seems like such a sincere heart, heartfelt guy. And I just, you know, I don't know him, but I just, you've got a good grandpa, man. Thank you for saying that, man. He, he really is, man. He's a, uh, he's the real deal. That old American working hard, making it. He, he did the real, he did it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Hey, I'll tell you what guys, um, you've kind of told me what's coming up in the future. You're going to record with Steve Albini. You're doing this tour in Florida. Do you guys have any other plans coming up in the future? Yes. Uh, uh, the biggest, the biggest one, um, in between the Steve Albini record and the Florida, well, actually not in between it's immediately after Florida. We're playing a festival in Arizona on April 20th days on the green, um, playing days on the green. Two-day festival. Hello, table for one, please. Uh, uh, Friday and Saturday. We're playing Saturday, seat. April 20th. Uh, Sublime, Sublime with Rome is headlining. And, uh, yeah, we're on the main stage that day with the second act. I think we're on it like, the afternoon time. So if you're in it, check out a lot of Days on the Green. Hey, you just you just mentioned that Sublime. <laughs> uh, can I please get an iced coffee? We're going we're gonna to wait until hey, Jake gets his food. If you guys are ever in Long Beach, come eat at Eggs, etc., it's delicious. Eggs, etc. Awesome. So, uh, Jake, Logan just said that... Uh, You're in beautiful Long Beach. Logan <laughs> just said... <laughs> Logan just said that uh, Sublime with Rome is headlining that festival. Do you ever talk to any of your dad's old buddies in that band? You know, uh, we don't talk often, but they I do consider them like uncles to me. But, um, yeah, we, we don't... Uh, we're not in, like... Uh, a constant stream of communication but whenever i do see them it's really nice it's like seeing a family member um but i think it's a little bit uh almost weird for them thank you no i like it black thank you i know what i want to order too whenever you're ready well, thank you um, hey uh chris you want any, you want anything from the restaurant man yeah man can you get me like a cheeseburger or something <laughs> yeah jay hook him up with a cheeseburger man 
What? No, nothing. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna let you have your dinner, uh, or actually your lunch, since you guys are in California. It's dinner time for me. Yeah, but, uh, brunch. I'll give everybody socials. Give the band socials. The website. How can people find you guys? Sure. Um, it's a uh, lot LBC L A W L B C. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Real easy for you. Um, yeah, man. Your Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us, like us, poke us, message us. We're there. You awesome. can find out everything you need to know. Well, hey, I just want to say, you know, Jake and Logan, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. I can't wait to hear the new stuff. I love the record you guys have out now. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate you for having us on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. And I can speak for Jake. I know he's mid coffee order. He appreciates it, too. And uh, let's, uh, let's do it again, man, when we do the, the next record. Hopefully we can link back up, man. Yeah, when, when when the new record comes out, definitely I'll have you guys back on for a part two, and we could talk a little bit more. But uh, Jake, you were getting coffee. Awesome, I just wanted to say thank you guys both so much for coming on, and I will talk to you in the future. And have an excellent tour of Florida, and good luck with Steve, man. We we're out awesome. here. We're eating eggs Benedict. We're having a good time, and uh, thank you so much for uh, having us, man. Uh, hopefully, we could do it again very soon. And have a good rest of your day, brother. Thank you for this interview. So there it was, my conversation with Jacob Knoll and Logan Spellacy from the band Law. You guys can check them out at Law LBC on all the social media platforms. I believe it's also LawLBC.com. Uh, they are awesome. I love that band, and I cannot wait to hear their new stuff. They just got done recording with Steve Albini up in Chicago, so that stuff should be out at some point in the future. And uh, we'll have the guys back on the show, and we can talk about their new record they have coming out. So thanks a lot to Jake and to Logan for coming on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, like I said, if you were coming to this episode wanting to hear Kevin from Candlebox, the episode got messed up, but I'm going to try to get Kevin back in the future and uh, we'll have him back on. But thank you guys so much for coming back week in and week out. You make this podcast possible without you. Nobody would be listening. It wouldn't be as much fun to do. So thank you for the support. Like I said, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. If you want to become a sponsor, if you have a band or a company or anything, hit me up, TOTOT podcast at gmail.com. If you want to leave me a voicemail, ask some questions. I'm getting ready to do an Ask Chris year-end question episode. Episode 52, it's it's a year of episodes. So you need to hit me up. Call the, the TOTOT hotline. It's 1-765-372-8818 and leave me a voicemail. But that's about it. I'm going to get out of here. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can do that at TOTOTpodcast.com or also over at JabberjawMedia.com. Give a shout out to the guys at Jabberjaw. So I will see you guys next week. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who the guest is because I have to make sure that my hard drive didn't eat it. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to get out of here. But before I do that, I am going to play a couple law songs. I'm going to play the song you heard here at the beginning, the little snippet for the promo at the beginning of the show. It's called Cold. There's a really cool video that they do that is kind of game. Game of Thrones inspired and uh, you guys need to check that out because Game of Thrones is back. It was so awesome. My wife and I watched the first episode the other night and I cannot wait. I'm going to be so sad when it's gone. But um, yeah, and after Cold, their new single, I'm also going to play the song they sent called Blinking. It's really good as well. It shows kind of the diversity in the band. It's a little bit, you know, more groovy and kind of more melodic. So Here we go. We're going to listen to some law. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Chris 
out.
Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.